I just want to say, I thought that was beautiful. One of, I mean, that my daughter was one of the ones dancing, so that was amazing to me. But I want to say just a quick shout out to all of our teams. Uh, last night we had a service as well. This place was packed out. Our teams, our tech team, our worship team, our kids ministry team, serving all over the place. They've been working for weeks and weeks on this and multiple hours and days they've practiced. So can we just give them another round of applause? Thank you guys so much for everything that you guys have done to make this special for us. In fact, it's actually happening also over at the South Campus this morning. So double the teams, double the people, and God is moving over there as well. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas to you. I'm so grateful uh, that you chose to celebrate Jesus with us today. If you are a guest and this is your first time with us, we want to say welcome Thanks for spending Christmas with us. We have a gift for you, so don't leave without your gift today. If this is your first time on your way out, you can grab it at the front counter in the lobby. And then we have gifts for everybody, sweet treats and savory treats and hot chocolate and apple cider and then crafts for the kids, as you heard about in the Kidsmas Corner over there after the service. We want to give gifts to everybody. How many of you love gifts, right? Everybody loves gifts. Some of y'all don't love gifts, and that's okay. I'll take your gifts Uh, I like gifts, Um, but today's Christmas Eve. How many of you have purchased all of your gifts? Actually, let's do it the other way. How many of you have not purchased all of your gifts? If you're bold enough to say, I still, just raise your hand if you're bold enough to say a couple. Just stretch your hands out to these people today. I just want to pray for peace today. I would not want to be out there today. In fact, let me give you some help. If you can't find one, just say, my presence is the gift to you this year, to your family. Just tell them you being there is a part of your gift. That's a good one. Yeah, you're going to use that, aren't you? Anyway, someone's going to be like, you know what? I'm going to do that today. Anyway, grateful that you're with us today. Speaking of gifts, if you are, you know, new to us, if you're not, if you haven't been with us the last several weeks, we've been talking and preaching about the themes of Advent. If you're unfamiliar with Advent, Advent simply means the arrival or coming. And we've been talking about, really, I believe they're the gifts that God gave us through Jesus that surround his arrival, the gift of hope and peace and joy. And I don't know about you, but I believe we could all use more hope and peace and joy in the world today. There's too many people who are hopeless, depressed, anxious, and they need these gifts that God can give through Jesus. And I want to talk about the fourth one today, and that is love. Love, the gift of love. I think the Beatles had it right. All we need is love, right? You remember that? Am I dating myself too much? Anybody? Okay. Well, they they went about it the wrong way, but the sentiment was right, that all we need is love. Because if we're honest today, it's it's what we're all searching for. It's what everybody deep down inside of their heart really wants. They want to love and to be loved. They want to know that they are loved and to experience this love. It's what many of us are not only longing for, but what we probably spend a lot of our life working for. I would say that the greatest need of humanity is love. Deep down in our core, our greatest need is love. And that's why at Christmas time, you see these Christmas love stories on Hallmark. You guys know I have some beef with Hallmark, but um, I'm not going to get into that deep today. But you know, Christmas time, the Hallmark love stories, everybody loves them. Why? Because they want that feeling of love. They want to put themselves vicariously into those families and into those relationships. That's why they're so popular. It's because we want this love. In fact, I was talking to a young woman this last week and um, she was telling me 
that she had got so emotionally involved in a Hallmark movie that she cried when they broke up. And I said, why'd you cry? You, it's a Hallmark movie. You knew they were going to get back together. Like, you knew that. And she said, I know. I was just so emotionally invested. This is because of the desire inside of every single one of us for this kind of love. But sadly, Christmas time, when we're supposed to experience the most love, is a time where people become very acutely aware of love that is lost, of maybe a loss of a loved one. I lost my sister 20 years ago at Christmas time. And you just become more aware of that around holidays sometimes. You, you become acutely aware of the love that once filled a home that's no longer there, of the love maybe that once filled your heart that has left a void there. And, and it's just like it's the only thing you can think about. And I think that's why love is so important to talk about at Christmas time is because humanity has a love deficit and it is, the answer is found in scriptures because from Genesis to Revelation, you can read the Bible and the theme of the Bible is God's great love for humanity, God's great love for you and for me. In fact, the most famous verse, everybody knows John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his son Jesus. He loved so much that he gave the gift of Jesus, which is why 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15 says, thanks be to God for this gift too wonderful for words, this indescribable gift. The gift of Jesus truly is an indescribable gift. It's hard to put into words sometimes, yet the story of Christmas reminds us that God did not just say, I love you. He didn't just write a love note to you. Oftentimes people say, well, the Bible is God's love note. Yeah, it is, but he didn't just say, I love you. He showed it. He proved his love for you. In fact, that's what 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 says. It says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. I love that. God showed his love for you. He proved it through his actions. He proved it through his sacrifice. And he showed it by sending Jesus. And the reason this is so important is because God did not need your love. God was not up in heaven going, you know what? I really need some love today. So I'm gonna send Jesus in hopes that they would see this and they would love me and I could feel their love and fill the void in my life of their love. No, God had no void in his life of love. He is love. He was already in heaven perfected by love. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in perfect unity, in perfect peace, and in perfect love, which means he had no need of your love, which means he simply chose to send Jesus because he loved you. Jesus loved you so much that he stepped out of the comforts of heaven and became a human. He took off his divinity. He separated himself from heaven and came to earth and put on his flesh and came in the most vulnerable way possible. He, the most vulnerable act of love in history was the sacrifice that Jesus made to step out of heaven and become one of us. Think about this. God became man, put himself at the mercy of the humans he created. I mean, Jesus came the same way you and I came into the world. He was birthed by a woman. Every one of us was birthed by a woman, in case you're confused today. 
All of us had to be taken care of. Jesus had to be burped. Jesus had to be fed. Jesus had to be changed. He had to be taken care of by parents. He put himself at the mercy of humans who would beat him and reject him and could cause pain to him. He experienced pain like you and I. He joined this human experience with us. Why? Because he wanted you to experience him. I put it this way for you today, that God experienced humanity so that humanity could experience God. That's the whole message of the Bible, that God chose to experience everything you and I would go through so that you could experience him. That's what it means when the Bible says he's Emmanuel, God with us. God came close to be touched, to be held, to be experienced. That is what he wants for you. And that's why that scripture in 1 John 4 is so powerful. That God showed his love for you and for me by sending Jesus so that we could live through him. That we could experience this life through him. Not just live on this earth with an earth experience just trying to make it every day. Just hoping things can get better and and, and living with this limited level. But when you experience the love of God and the life of God, you become awakened to so much more. You become awakened to the purposes that God has for you. And I just want to tell you today that until you come alive in Jesus, your life will have a governor on it, a governor that will limit you, that limits your ability to experience joy and experience peace and experience hope. Even the pleasures of this world are limited without Jesus. There's a governor on your life. You ever seen like a, a, a ATV or a four-wheeler or a golf cart that has a governor on it? Do you know what a governor does? It, it's like the vehicle's capable of so much more. I've been in many golf carts and I'm, I'm flooring it. And I could get out and walk faster than this golf cart is going. I know that golf cart could go a lot faster than what I'm experiencing. But they put a limiter on it. And that is what your life is like until you come alive in Jesus. There's a limiter. You were made for so much more to experience so much more than you're experiencing in this life. And until you go fully in with Jesus, your life has this governor on it. And that's what we're celebrating at Christmas time. Is the arrival of Jesus meant that we could experience the pleasure of God, the hope of God, the joy of God, the peace of God. The, the, the delights of heaven supernaturally on this earth. Not just one day, but today. That's... That's the message of Christmas, is that love became tangible to us, lived among us so that we could experience the very life of God. You see, the reason we're talking about love today is the love of God is the key to experiencing the life of God. And until you experience this love, you really won't experience the life of God that he has for you. And I think this is why so many people, if we're honest, feel like life is empty, we feel like there's just some, there should be something more. It's because we're viewing God's love through human experience. We're viewing God's love through the filter of human love, which is fallible, which is imperfect, which will always come up short because human love is predicated on what you can do for me. Like if you do X, Y, Z, I'll love you more. If you make me feel a certain way, I'll express my love to you more. If you do something for me, then I'll show you I love you more. We don't say it that way, but that's how we are if we're honest on the inside. Our love will always come up short. Think about the people right now that you love. Like you think I'm really loving them well. Like I'm, I, I love these people very well. Think about them. Your spouse, your kids, a friend, something. Have you ever hurt them? Have, have you ever 
neglected them in some way? Have you ever, you know, felt like, ah, I just, it came up short? Yeah. Because human love has a limit. It's, it's fallible. But God's love is very different. And that's why we have to start with his love for us, not our love for him. Because at the heart, remember, of every human is this desire to be loved. And the reason we keep searching for it is because we're trying it out in every other human being and it's continually coming up short. There will always be a void there. And that's why this verse is so important is because God didn't look at us and see how great we were loving him and then go, I'll choose to reciprocate it. No, he loved us before we loved him. That's what 1 John 4.10 said. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and he sent his son for us. It started with his love because he is love. He is the very source of love, which means everything he does, everything he says, everything he gives always comes from this place of love. And his love for us is never based on what we've done. It's based on what he's done. It's not based on your good deeds. It's not based on your perfect church attendance. It's not based on how well you treat everybody else. It's based on what he has already done for you. That's what makes Romans chapter 5 verse 6 so powerful. It says, when we were utterly helpless. Turn to your neighbor and just say, you were utterly helpless. Come on, you can say it with some energy. You were utterly helpless. I didn't say are utterly helpless, by the way. Some of you, you're using this as your chance to get that out. Like, you, do, you can do that. That's not what we're talking about. That's a lack of love, actually. You were, spiritually speaking, utterly helpless. There was nothing you could do for yourself to save yourself. Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. And if you're thinking that person is you, you're incorrect. Thank you. Somebody's like, it was me. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners which means you could do nothing to earn it. And the reason we don't experience the life of God is we're still viewing the love of God through this filter of I have to somehow earn it. And when we mess up, we keep God at a distance and we're keeping the very life he has for us at a distance. The message of Christmas is that God sees you in your mess and he still chose to love you. God sees your imperfections and he still chose to love you. God sees your weaknesses and he still chose to love you. God sees your insecurities and your struggles with your identity and he still chooses to love you. And it's important to understand this because he doesn't need your love. He just wants to give you his love. He wants you to experience his love, which means today we have to understand that God chose to create you because he wanted to love you. Not because he had to, I know some of you feel that way sometimes. Well, God has to love me. He's God. Of course he has to love me. He doesn't have to love you. He wants to love you. And the reason we think that is because, again, reviewing through human experience, we can all think of that one family member or friend who we know we're supposed to love, but they make it real hard sometimes. Like, you could probably think of someone right now. You're like, every time I get close, I'm like, oh, I know I'm supposed to love them, Lord, but they just keep doing stuff that makes me go, I oh, can't love them today right? You can probably, don't look at them if they're here. <laughs> By the way, if you can't think of someone, someone's thinking of you. <laughs> You're that one. No, I'm kidding. None of you. But that's why it's so powerful, guys, is that his love for you is not based on his feelings. 
It's not an up and down roller coaster based on what you have done or your worthiness. It's based on simply a choice to love you unconditionally. And this is the message of Christmas for us that reminds us that this indescribable gift of love through Jesus Christ came not because he needed it, but we needed it. And he knew what we need. He knew the void in our life that could only be filled by receiving this love and coming into a relationship with Jesus. There is no greater love than sacrifice. Sacrifice is the greatest expression of love. If you say you love someone, but you never sacrifice anything for them, you probably don't really love them. That is why It says that he demonstrated his love for us. He showed his love for us. That's why Jesus himself said in John 15, 13, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. It's the greatest expression. And then he says, you are my friends if you do what I command. The ultimate sacrifice of love. Think about it. Jesus gave up his life at birth to become a human and he gave up his life at death. His whole life was about sacrificing for you so that you could experience his life. He gave up his life so you could experience his life. And today, if you will receive and experience that love, you can experience that life. And you may be saying, well, what's the catch? There's always a catch. Because with humans, there's always a catch. There's the fine print. Christianity has no fine print, by the way. You don't have to turn to the back of the book and see what are they really saying here. It's clear If you want to experience this, he says it actually right there in John 15, 14. Jesus said, you are my friends if you do what I command. In fact, six times in John 14 and 15 alone when Jesus is talking, just right there. He says, if you love me, do what I say. If you love me, obey me. If you love me, obey my commands. Six times. It's how we prove it. See, here's the thing. The question is not whether God loves you. He's proven it. He's shown it over and over. He is love. He loves you unconditionally. You can never do anything to where God would say, I don't love you. That's not the question. The question is, do you love him? Because you'll never experience his life if you don't love him. And if you love him, you say, God, I'm going to give you my life. That's That's the exchange that has to happen. To experience the life of God, the fullness of life, there has to be exchange, like a gift exchange. At Christmas time, everybody does gift exchanges. You bring a gift, someone else gives you a gift. This is the greatest gift exchange in history. And it's not even fair because all you're doing is bringing the broken mess of your life and he's giving you his life. It's the beautiful exchange we're celebrating. That's why we always say that we're not just saved from something, we're saved to something. God just doesn't take away the bad things from your life and say, wish you luck, hope things get better. No, he gives you his very life that you may live through him is what 1 John 4 says. And when you do what he says, you're, you're saying, I'm choosing to follow you. I'm not living life for me anymore. It doesn't mean he's gonna love you anymore, by the way. It just means you experience his love more. You experience the fullness of his love, which opens the door for you to experience the fullness of his life. This is what I've been praying for you all week. I've been praying this verse for you in Ephesians chapter 3, 19. Paul is writing this to a church, praying for them. And I have been praying this for you guys, that you would experience the love of Christ. I want you to experience it. 
though it is too great to fully understand. I can't explain it to you. I can't rationalize it to you enough to where your brain will understand how much God loves you, the depth, the width, the height of his love for you. I can't tell you all of those things. You've got to experience it by receiving it. You can't receive a gift with something still in your hands. You have to let go. Then, and when you let go, you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. That is what I want for you, that you would let go and experience the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Jesus said, I came to give you life to the fullest. Not just that you could barely make it, not that you would live life with this governor on your life, but that you would experience everything that I have for you. And if you came in hopeless today, you can leave with hope. If you came in depressed today, you can leave with joy. If you came in anxious today, you can leave with peace. If you came in empty today, you can leave full of the love and the life of God. That's the good news we're celebrating, guys. And the message of Christmas should remind us this. The arrival of Jesus meant the search is over. You don't have to search for these things anymore. You don't have to search to fill that void. You don't have to search for purpose in your life. He has all of it for you. And he wants you to experience the fullness of his life. And until you go all in with him and surrender your life and receive that love, you'll keep living with a governor on your life. Limited. Even the greatest pleasures of this life are limited until you open that up and say, God, take the, take the limits off so I can experience the fullness of your life for me. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me? I want to pray with you and my prayer is that you experience the love and the life of God. And if you're here today and, you know, you, you've gone in with Jesus, you've experienced this love and you, you know that you can't explain it to anybody else. You've just experienced it and you're living in this life. Then just take a minute and thank him. That's what Christmas should do. We should thank God for this gift, too indescribable for words. Just with your mouth, thank Jesus. Interact with him. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus. Thank you for your life. Thank you for your love. Thank you for hope today, God. And I pray you would fill every heart here with the love and the life of God. But if you are here today on this Christmas Eve and you're saying, you know what? I, I do feel like my life has a limit on it. Like there are limits. I, I just keep hitting against it and I'm not experiencing the fullness of life. I don't feel like I have purpose. I feel hopeless. I feel depressed. I feel anxious. Something in that level you feel like I just, I'm not there. And today you recognize I need to surrender my life to Jesus so I can experience the fullness of his love. On this Christmas Eve, if that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you just slip your hand up and say, that's me. I just want to know if I want to pray for somebody. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. I see a couple. Thank, thank you. Praise God. I can think of no better time than to surrender your heart to Jesus. Fully surrender than today. So I want to lead you in a prayer. And we always say this prayer is not what saves you. It's what you mean with your heart and you do with your life. And so I want us all to pray this together with those that are making this decision for Jesus. Let's all make this confession. to Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for the gift of your life. I receive your love today. And I choose to follow you. I'm yours, Jesus. All the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate with those who made that decision.